Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Table Flip, episode 8. We are on episode 8. Yes, we are. I should double-check there for a second. And uh, with me, as always, in the e-virtual recording studio is uh, Nate Ketrasel, and we also have Matt Talktomish. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. Thanks for the wonders of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, drugs! Table Flip does not contain the use of drugs. (laughs) Thank you. Nate, how you Prescription (laughs) drugs, just for the record. (laughs) I'm doing great tonight. Having a good day and looking forward to the rest of this episode. Yes, yes, we are. We are. So, Nate, we have a special guest on with us. We do have a special guest with us. And um, I would like to introduce him because I have been friends with uh, this person for ooh, almost 10 years, I think, now. Um, we, we met playing the Star Wars trading card game. Uh, we used to work together on a website called rebelbasers.com he was the one of the head admins and i was the head moderator and so i would like to introduce everyone to dark spain or drew dallas Say hi everybody drew. how you doing good good drew how are you i'm doing great excellent excellent so uh this is the same dark spain on cardgamedb.com yes it is not a a fake drew i don't really think you could fake drew's voice it's so deep and bassy it's kind of hard to do that but uh, Drew, no, it's one of the same. <laughs> Drew, what what exactly got you into card games? Oh God! Well, uh, like most people, probably uh, magic. Um, I was in college uh, sometime around ninety six or ninety seven, and they had some kind of uh, fair, I guess, at, at the college. And uh, I walked by this booth. I, I'd always been like a comic book lover and uh, and whatnot, so. I was familiar with comic book stores and stuff like that. But I walked by this booth, and they were giving away these decks of cards. And I was like, well, if they're free, <laughs> sure, whatever. Uh, yeah, give me one of those. And so it was a, it was a portal deck for Magic. Uh, way back in the day, it was uh, when they first were doing some of their, their outreach to get new players into the game. And uh, I picked one up, and I read the rules, and I sat down with my uh, uh, my brother-in-law and uh, played a game and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And then I, I found out that you could actually create your own decks and, you know, of different cards. And from then on out, it was it was just uh, uh, a, almost like a crack addiction. Uh, you know, they call it cardboard crack. And, and I'm a poster child for that. Uh <laughs> I, I quickly moved on from Magic, though, into the uh, Star Wars uh, collectible card game by Decipher. Um, played that for many years, uh, uh, realizing very quickly that I was, uh, what do they call it in Magic, uh, like a cross between a Timmy and a Johnny player. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, combo-oriented and don't really care that much about winning the game as long as I can get my weird uh, combos off. And that continues to this day I, in in the uh, in, in Magic. I used to love discard decks, even though you really <laughs> just couldn't win with them. In the Star Wars card game, uh, uh, my Decipher, I there was a Rescue the Princess deck that I just insisted on running, no matter what what tournament I was in, uh, because I was going to make it work. Damn it, never did. So uh, basically, you play games to piss people off. Yeah, or well, <laughs> just to just to meet my goals. You know, of course, the discard decks would obviously piss people off in Magic. But, you know, the Rescue the Princess deck uh, in back in the Star Wars card game, it just was sad. I, I got more looks of pity from people than anything. And, uh, you know, as they would crush me with, with their various uh, 
highly tuned tournament ready decks. And, uh, and then when the Star Wars card game ended, I, I branched out into a few different ones, including the Star Wars trading card game uh, and uh, played, you know, just a, a bunch of different ones. I think I've, I've played, uh, you know, built my own decks and had a few decks going for at least 50 different card games. My mind, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, I've got cases full I, and I've never never sold any any of them. So I've, I've just got cases full of them in my back room, much to my wife's displeasure. <laughs> but uh, and then, you know, eventually I, uh, I kind of got out of it because I realized, hey, uh, uh, buying random cards sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like that. I like building decks and I like, you know, playing the cards that I want to buy or play. Mm-hmm. and not having to chase down those rares. And it wasn't until uh, I found out about uh, what Fantasy Flight was doing with Game of Thrones uh, about you know four years ago where they'd switched it to the living card game format that I actually got back into it. And, and since then, I, you know, I play, uh, have played and still do play on a not as regular basis as I'd like, but all of the, the LCGs by Fantasy Flight. And uh, occasionally we'll dip my toe into uh, a couple different, uh, other card games that uh, are collectible, but only you know insofar as I buy like a maybe a starter deck to try them out to see what they're like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. Speaking of fantasy flight, something kind of big happened at Gen Con, and it's kind of old news by now. But Fantasy Flight acquired the site that you've been working very, very hard on over how many years have you been working on card game now? It's just had its three years in three year anniversary, I think, earlier this month. Okay, so awesome. I, I started it. I started it a little bit before that, um, before I made it public, and uh, you know, I started it with Game of Thrones, uh, just because uh, at, at the time there weren't very many online resources for the game, and um, uh, as Nate knows, I, you know, from running the my previous websites, I, I did deck builders and whatnot for them too, mm-hmm. uh, just because. I love building decks. I love right. building tons of different decks. I've got, you know, any number of decks. Uh, I, I would say on average, I probably have 10 decks going at any one time for almost every game that I, that I play. Wow. Uh, because I like playing different decks. And, you know, if I play, uh, it's one reason why I, I get kind of frustrated at tournaments because uh, you have to play the same deck all day long. Yeah. And, and I love switching it up. You know, if, if I'm not, uh, uh, if I'm not playing a new deck at least every other game, I start getting bored. <laughs> That's fair. It's also also why I perform very poorly at tournaments. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's okay. Card games are meant to be played as fun and not to be uh, played as you know competitive, serious. Yeah, I, I mean, we we have games like Magic and Pokemon, or who are that's that's kind of like the the super serious kind of kind of play. There, a lot of people don't really take Pokemon as serious, but it's actually pretty serious and pretty intense. Yeah, it's, it, and you know what? A lot of people make fun of it, but it's actually a pretty good game. Yeah, it's it's uh, a very good game. I actually just I played, got back into it because I'm a nerd. But you know what? <laughs> I played for a number of years. I've I've still got a full set of uh, of the first uh, first edition of the first set or something like that awesome. sitting around in one of my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> that that is actually really cool. So, kind of getting into the whole uh, being, t- uh, I guess, taken over is the wrong word. Being um, bought out or uh, acquired by Fantasy Flight Games. Um, what actually brought about the buy-up, and who approached who? Well, uh, they approached me um, earlier this year, uh, basically just asking, you know, they, they were looking to expand and uh, 
improve their their utilities for uh, all the various living card games. And uh, so I had you know I had contact with them before. You know, obviously if you're if you're covering their games in, in the uh, in the way that I do, you know they they'd contacted me, asked me for you know various things, uh, given me guidelines for for fan sites and uh, that they use for fan sites and whatnot. But they contacted me and were just you know it was basically real casual, very very cool. You know, just asked me, you know, what I thought about the possibility of of uh, them uh, purchasing Card Game DB and you know would I be willing to stay on and, and help out and kind of, uh, you know, uh, do what I'm doing right now. Uh, uh, as we transition things, you know, get more features over on their website and whatnot. And, and, uh, I thought it was a great idea because, uh, in my opinion, card game companies, especially need these types of resources, uh, available and they need it, you know, on their site. I mean, you know, I, I obviously love providing it on a on a fan site, mm-hmm. but you know it's it's the type of thing where when a new player comes to a game, they don't know about Card Game DB. I mean, they, you know, they might hear about it eventually, but you know, they're when they go to the Fantasy Flights website, that's the type of thing that that is going to be useful for them. Right, right, of uh, course. And so, you know, we discussed you know a bunch of details and, and various things, and, and just uh, all around, it seemed like a, a great idea from. And, uh, from my standpoint and, uh, you know, they obviously, uh, were, were very pleased with what I had been doing and wanting to, you know, give me some official support and, and, and whatnot to, to help me out and, and get things going. And one thing they were also worried about is that, you know, at any time, you know, since it is a fan site, I could just decide, well, I'm done with this. Right. Of course. Which, you know, I, I wouldn't, uh, but you know, it's always a possibility. So that's another thing they they wanted to, uh, you know, just make sure it didn't happen. They wanted to make sure that this was something stable mm-hmm. for all the living card game communities, and and you know, that way this this resource uh, would be there, you know, uh, as long as they needed it. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it what you have kind of created here is just like this giant community of just really cool people that just love card games and love the games that Fantasy Flight makes. Uh, I know that you've had a couple other games on here, uh, like Mage Wars and a couple other ones that just didn't really, you know, fan out, unfortunately. But I mean, for the most part, the communities are on each of the different games that we have on Card Game DB are just top notch. I mean, m- for the most part, I mean, you got your naturals. Every every community does, but for the most part, Card Game DB is probably one of the most mature forums I've been on in probably eight years. I mean, props to you and. Um, now, do you actually have mods, or is it just you? <laughs> it it is just me. Um, I, you know, th- there was a time when I considered, uh, uh, you know, adding other people to to moderate, but that was also around the time when FFG when I, and I started talking. Ah. Uh, so I was like, well, let's not uh, change anything up just yet. Uh, might as well just keep right. everything how it is, and uh, uh, especially as uh, Netrunner and Star Wars uh, kicked into high gear. You know the forums got a lot busier. Of course, and, of course. And so, uh, you know, it it has been a little little taxing uh, with you know the past year, just about with all the all the new games and the new uh, users. I think we've we've probably added, you know, just registered users uh, in the past year uh, over five thousand. Oh my! Um, and you know, 
and then people that just lurk because they, you know, that never sign up for a, uh, uh, an account. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've gone up in the past year, probably 50%, uh, well, no, a hundred, a hundred percent, uh, over what we were last year, as far as our daily visitors go. Wow. And, uh, so it's, it's growing at quite a good clip. And, uh, but you know, like you said, for the most part, the community is great. Uh, People generally self-police on there. There's very few times that I've had to, you know, actually step in, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and most of the time it's it's little things. Uh, so it's, you know, it's generally not something that, that causes me too many problems. Well, I mean, big props to you for running the entire site pretty much by yourself, it sounds like, and just kind of keeping everything afloat. I mean, that's something that you don't see one person that ha have that little level of dedicatedness uh, to something that's just a hobby. I mean – Obviously, I mean it's it's something that you really enjoy and something that you're passionate about. But I mean to stick with it for that for that many years and just mod everything by yourself that's that's kind of a, a huge feat to kind of say yeah I did that you know finally I I, I mean thankfully now that Fantasy Flight does have uh, some your back so to speak uh, they're obviously probably going to get some some moderators and stuff in there now and just kind of let you kind of take a break, which, which will probably be really helpful, which kind of gives, gets into the next question that we have for you is how is the site going to be run now and what are the biggest changes um, kind of coming to Card Game DB that, that um, like in terms of how it's ran and like the biggest changes that Card Game DB are going to kind of see? Well, uh, for the most part, I think most things are going to stay very similar to what they are now, at least through the end of the year. Um, I am doing a lot of, uh, of coding work, uh, behind the scenes, both on card game DB and, and some stuff for uh, fantasy flight, uh, to uh, help with, you know, transition, transitioning things and, and, uh, getting things, at, uh, updated and, and whatnot. Um, eventually we might see, you know, some, uh, uh, some other moderators, uh, either FFG moderators or, or different things like that. I can't, I can't on honestly say that for sure. Uh, uh, but at least through the end of the year, it'll probably be exact same as what it is right now. Me, you know, doing the, the daily stuff, you know, chugging away, getting those, uh, articles out and, uh, and, you know, uh, trying to get my coding done <laughs> mm -hmm. for the day. Right. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, it'll be, uh, very similar. Uh, I, I doubt it'll, uh, most users probably won't even notice uh, when and if you know anything actually does change. Okay, interesting, interesting. So, uh, which actually kind of segues nicely into our next question is, how is this merger going to affect the writers and podcasters of Card Game DB? Because that's kind of a a huge um, flagpole kind of on the the mountain uh, of the community, if you were. Well, uh, you know, FFG and I had a lot of discussions about uh, moving from an independent site to, uh, you know, an FFG-owned site and how that would affect the community, how it would affect uh, the writers and, and whatnot. And one thing that they were very, that they felt very strongly about and, and that, that I was very happy about was that, you know, they, they like what we do. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, even criticism. Uh, they like that as long as it's measured and, and, uh, and has a... Uh, you know, is constructive in nature. Right, you right. Know, ranting, uh, you know, they're not, they wouldn't quite care for that. But, you know, 
constructive criticism they're okay with. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as far as the writers go, uh, you know, for the most part, since I didn't really allow ranting before in any any of our articles, uh, it it should be virtually no difference. Uh, You know, FFG loves the articles, loves how they help new players and and old players and uh, alike. And uh, just, you know, is hoping that that everyone is going to be willing to continue on, uh, even you know, even when the site is now uh, goes fully over to FFG's control. Uh, and uh, as far as the podcasts go, that's a little bit more of a gray area. I'm not a hundred percent sure what um, what they're going to be, you know, requiring of that or doing about that because podcasting is a little bit different, especially with its, uh, you know, it being on iTunes and being right, a little bit right. more, a little bit more out there. Uh, and a little bit more casual, you know, I mean, there's no editors, I guess. Well, I mean, I, y'all can edit stuff out, obviously, when when you uh, are doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm not really sure where we're going to go with that. That's probably a conversation that I'll be having with them in the coming months, uh, just so we work everything out and make sure that, you know, none of the podcasts, I, I, I can 100% guarantee you none of the podcasts are going to be left without a place to go. Because, uh, you know, if it comes down to it, I'll host them. At, on a different server, mm-hmm. you know, not a, not a big deal for me. I'll, I'll have, I'll still have a, you know, a server off to the side and, uh, be more than willing to, uh, to host anything just like I do now. Well, cool. And, uh, but yeah, for the most part should be very similar. You know, if you've been coming for the articles before, it's not going to be a, uh, you know, FFG is not looking to make it a, a mouthpiece for them and, 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 you know, have just like, sales articles on there or anything like that you know they want they want this in-depth analysis to to you know help out the community and be something useful for everybody awesome you know i actually have a i have a question that kind of ties into this um i know that at gen con one of the biggest complaints was that there was very little tournament coverage um from ffg themselves do you potentially know if they're thinking of using um, the current assets that we have at Card Game DB to potentially help them on that side of things. I do not, but uh, I tell you what, it's probably a good idea, um, and it's something that I can uh, talk to them about next time I uh, next time I speak with them. Uh, you know, as far as what FFG is going to be doing, I'm really only privy to you know what concerns the right, uh, right. Card Game DB things like that. So you know, as far as other types of, of uh, improvements they're looking to do uh, either I can't say because <laughs> uh, I am under an NDA for for a lot of this stuff I either can't say or it's not something that I'm privy to to anyway but yeah. you know that's a decent idea and I'll I'll you know let them know that uh, it might be something that that they could uh, look into to try to help at least you know uh, I know world is coming up in two three months something mm-hmm. like that November. So, uh, although they were doing, they did an awesome job of covering worlds, uh, last year. I don't know if any of y'all went into the, uh, uh, what is that, that, I don't know, that streaming video service that they had that Twitch. the name's escaping Twitch. Yes, that's it. Uh, but they did a great job of covering that. I thought last year, uh, and, and televising or Twitch advising or whatever, <laughs> bro- broadcasting the matches. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure they're going to be continuing with that. Well, you know what, fantasy uh, fantasy flight, you guys can always hire me. I am available, so just just kind of just kind of throwing that bone out there. <laughs> but uh, you know, 
I think that we're, we are going to see some some really good improvements as far as tournament coverage. Uh, I think they learned a lot of, uh, at Gen Con, especially for the, the Star Wars community. I don't think they were honestly expecting that big of a turnout. I, I so what, it was 100 players, wasn't it? Or yeah, 100 plus yeah I mean, like I, I, I legitimately do not think that they were expecting that many people to be to to be playing uh, a game that had only come came out uh not even what we're on well no we nine, have, yeah, nine months nine so. months not nine months not even a year old most games don't see that kind of uh popularity when they first came out i mean obviously you know magic's gonna have that following because it's a, you know it's older than jesus um <laughs> pokemon's gonna have that following l5r is gonna have that following and uh what's the other game uh, Game of Thrones is going to have that following because they've been out for quite a long time. Netrunner has exploded as well. I mean, I I don't think that – I mean, hell, even X-Wing has kind of exploded. I mean, they they couldn't keep stuff in stores for goodness sake. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I know that uh, um, Tabletop uh, Gaming, the YouTube channel, just released their video uh, last week on the X-Wing. And Final F- uh, Fantasy Flight actually told them to uh, hold the re- release of that video until there was stuff in stores <laughs> because they knew one, that once that video was going to be released, everyone's going to be like, oh, I got to buy this X-Wing game. So they're like, let's get stock in stores before you release the video. Just hold on. So, I mean, it's – I think that Fantasy Flight has something really unique here. I, I really think that the way they interact with their community, especially – I mean, I don't think anyone has ever – any company that's ever actually bought a a, a fan site? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, mean I, I haven't heard of any, but then again, uh, right. I haven't exactly been in the loop. So, <laughs> I mean, because like uh, Pokemon, I don't know of anything. Magic, there's probably something, but that might just be due to wizards being incredibly greedy and going, we don't want this publicity or something because they're kind of a weird company. But uh, I I really have never actually heard of that that happening and saying, hey, we want you to keep doing what you're doing. We just want to use your resources available because they're so good and we don't have the time to do it, which is awesome. I mean, I'm just I'm so excited, so excited for this merger. Uh, Another another kind of good segue there. What hope um, or excuse me, uh, what what do you hope to be the ultimate outcome of of this merger? Well, uh, you know. Pretty much what I it's what I hoped for card game DB, you know, anyway, it was that, you know, it'd just be a great resources resource for players of all these games. Uh, you know, that's the only desire I've ever had for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, throughout all the years, uh, I've uh, you know, I've I've ran the site for free, uh, you know, uh, all these years, no advertisements, nothing like that, just because I wanted to give back to these communities that have given me, you know, so much, uh, fun, you know, the, the games give me fun. The communities are, are great. And, you know, so, so I really wanted to, you know, give back. And, and so I'm hoping that, that ultimately we are providing just some awesome resources, uh, for the LCG communities, uh, that, you know, fantasy flight can take advantage of to get, you know, to do things that I couldn't do before, uh, just because either, you know, I was a fan site or I didn't have time or, or you know, various other reasons. There's, there's a million different reasons of, or things that I could have done, but, you know, just didn't have the, the opportunity to do. And this is going to open up opportunities uh, going forward to, to really, you know, uh, make updates timely and, and give you better utilities. I'm working on uh, 
quite a bit of, of code right now. Actually, right before y'all uh, y'all called uh, for the for the podcast, I've, I'm going through working on some some code to try to uh, add things to the site to make things easier to navigate, to make things easier to search, different things like that. And so, ultimately, I hope that you know it's just a it's going to provide y'all with the resources to to build decks and to talk about them and to talk about cards and 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 whatnot and ffg with a a way to to get that information out to y'all to to be able to use it right so is it safe to say that you are a web designer yes okay yes. I, th- I thought so because no one like that no one years. just goes i'm gonna learn code and just do stuff i mean no one like obviously there's people that do that but that takes a lot of time but uh, yeah you're obviously a web I, designer so i uh i originally actually it's card games it's funny how, how it all come, kind of comes back to card games because card games are what got me into web design uh, <laughs> back in the day. I, it was uh, the Wheel of Time card game. I don't know if any of y'all ever played that, but it was a pretty uh, strange, strange one of the many card games that I've played. Lots of dice. Uh, but anyway, so I was a chemistry major in college at the time. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're... 18, 19 years old, and somebody errata's a card, and and it just pisses you off, and so you have to make your voice known. So, so I, that's what I did. I made my first website bitching about uh, about Wheel of Time card game errata, <laughs> uh, wow. and and then went on from there uh, to you know to uh, start doing the deck builders for other card games that I played and and stuff like that. So uh, it actually uh, through doing that got me to learn the code and whatnot and made me realize that, you know what? Chemistry sucks. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I agree. Chemistry does suck. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, why don't I switch my major? And, uh, I, so I did that. Finally got, uh, uh, finished up. Uh, well, I, I didn't switch it in time not to get my chemistry degree, but, uh, I got that. And then I, I got a second degree in, uh, computer science. And since then, uh, I've been, uh, coding websites pretty much nonstop, I guess, since I left college. Wow. So you know someone's actually really upset at something when they make an actual website to complain about something. That, yeah, that, that's yeah. like you must have been and, really, really upset. It, you know what? And I wish I still had it because it was so horrible. And I mean it was just – it was so 1990s GeoCities looking, yeah. you know, flashy flashing images and animated GIFs and stuff like that. Oh, it was just – it was hey. it was bad. That's what bad. made the 90s great is all the websites <laughs> pretty much were made so computers would crash when they tried to actually view them. So Exactly. <laughs> so the last question we have for you, um, and then I'll, I'll give it to, the, to Nate and Matt to ask any other questions they might have, is um, what sort of influence do you think Financy Flight is going to have on Card Game DB now? Uh, well, for the first thing and what I, I'm hoping everyone's going to notice, although I'm still trying to catch up from all the stuff that was released over Gen Con, is – you know, we're getting uh, the spoilers out ASAP. Yes, you are. Yes, uh, I have noticed that. I've been trying to. They had like two Lord of the Rings, the Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Netrunner, and uh, and then a couple weeks uh, and like a week before that, they they had the Warhammer one. All basically fell on me right around the time Gen Con uh, <laughs> came up. So I've been doing. My goal is to be doing like you know. Uh, 
50 or 60 cards a day and I'm starting to wind down. I think I've only got some Warhammer stuff and some Lord of the Rings stuff left. But, uh, you know, that's that's the first thing that uh, that they're, you know, they and I are working on uh, really closely is to to make sure that those spoilers get out there quickly and that they get into the deck builders and and y'all can have access to comment on them and, and things like that. Um, after that, you know, it, it's, uh, kind of a similar answer to, to, uh, the other questions is for right now, they're pretty hands off, mm -hmm. um, as we go through and transition some things and, and merge some things with FFG and whatnot, uh, that will be changing, but, uh, I can't really comment too much on, on the details of it. Oh, of uh, course, of yet. course. You know, one thing I have noticed is the, uh, the scans are just a lot, um, I don't want to say like they look better, but they just look better. And Cause that's because they're not scans anymore. <laughs> that's good. That's good because yeah. um, it, it's it's really nice to see high quality resolution pictures uh, on the deck builder. Now, are you going to eventually change all the ones that you had previously to uh, the ones that Fantasy Flight will probably eventually give you, or are you just kind of going to keep it the way it is and not worry about it? Um, I want to mm -hmm. because I am very. Uh, perfectionist when it comes to this stuff and so so when i when i can change something for the better uh i will try to but i'm not exactly sure what type of timetable i have for that and when they're going to be able to to get me the uh the older images we're working we're just concentrating on the new stuff right now since the old stuff is it's working and and it's there but uh, eventually my goal would be to have uh you know their high quality uh images used for or replacing all of the all of my old scans right uh going definitely going forward and, and replacing all the stuff uh before i would actually probably start with uh star wars first since it's got uh star wars and netrunner first because they're the youngest games and they have mm -hmm. the least number of uh of images to to edit <laughs> yeah. and whatnot no but, uh, no I, start with start with game of thrones that won't take you know six years <laughs> yeah there's like 1700 cards or something like that <laughs> so many cards yeah so it's it's quite a bit but yeah i you know they, they've been getting me those uh those files for their images and and i told them at gen con uh uh they started that about two or three weeks ago i told them at gen con i'm like it's like i'm on a vacation <laughs> because I, just not having to uh the pro the whole process i used to scan the cards was was fairly labor intensive i'm sure and then and then uh, I'd have to bring them into Photoshop and color correct them and, and uh, make sure they were lined up as good as I could get uh, as far as, you know, straight up and down or, mm -hmm. or whatever. And so now not having to fiddle with any of that, I, I've just I've set up some uh, some macros in Photoshop that can pretty much extract and, and do anything I need to on the cards with a punch of one or two buttons. Wow. And it's it's really, really nice. Very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Taking taking my. Uh, my time or time devoted to, uh, you know, getting cards into the, into the website, uh, down by quite a bit. Well, I'm sure. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, when you say you have to put stuff into Photoshop and color correct, I feel your pain. Yeah. Cause yeah, that is, I don't care what you're doing. It could be if color correcting a white wall. It's still a pain in the ass. Yep. Very much so. <laughs> so well, I'm going to open up to the floor real quick for Nate and Matt. Do you guys have any other questions for Drew? I do not. Um, I think that pretty much answers a lot of 
what I was wondering and what I think a lot of the members on, on the forums are wondering, um, mainly just wanted to, you know, thank you, Drew, for all the work that you put in thus far and, you know, congratulate you on a huge accomplishment. It's not often that, you know, a, a random person gets this much um, respect and goodwill from a, a major company. And it's it's really amazing and goes to the work and the dedication that you put in. And I just wanted to thank you for all that you've done and, you know, all that you will continue to do. So thank you for that. No problem. Matt, uh, anything on your end? I think between what we covered today on the episode and then, you know, what you answered on the forums and what the article and stuff drew pretty much covered everything I was going to say. I mean, I'll admit, you know, people can read my comment. I was a little, how did I put it? I said I was excited and scared all at the same time. But, you know, hearing more and more about it, it seems like it's definitely going to turn out to be a good thing in the end. So, you know, you know, again, congratulations to you. And, you know, thank a lot for coming on and, you know, talking to us about it. No problem. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I'm I'm happy to do it. It's great to be, uh, you know, to be working with uh, FFG now. And, uh, you know, I love uh, love doing the things that I do for Card Game DB. So, uh you know, with luck, it's just going to be more awesome now. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Again, big, uh, big congratulations there, Drew. Uh, you definitely deserve um, pretty much any good thing that anyone says about you. you. You've really kind of done the whole dedication thing, and it's paid off. So, uh, big congrats, and I really hope that you uh, continue to uh, just have some really good, awesome times with Fantasy Flight. Um, it sounds like that uh, they're being really cooperative, which is really, really encouraging as well. And I think that that's going to wrap up the interview, guys. Um, if you have any questions for Drew, I'm sure he's more than willing to answer them. Uh, obviously, yeah. obviously, if he can't answer them, he's going to be like, yeah, I can't answer that or else I get in trouble type of thing. But um, message him on the forums. His username is Darkspane. He's more than happy to help. Uh, I've, I've had a couple questions myself, and uh, he's answered pretty quickly. Um, again, Drew, thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, anyway, guys, uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Drew, and um, I think that he definitely cleared up some questions that I had, and I'm sure a lot of people were kind of wondering, like, what's going to happen? What's going on? So, um, again, if you need to message him for any reason, just uh, search Darkspane, uh, D-A-R-K-S-B-A-N-E, and he has a picture of what's the hell the guy's name from Zoolander, the evil guy. Um, whatever Will Ferrell played yeah whatever Will Ferrell played I, I don't remember his name but it was Zoolander's uh, a great movie anyway so uh, we're, we're, we're bringing back Deck Talk this week we haven't done this in uh, quite a while because of Gen Con just a lot of other interviews and stuff like that so um, we're going to be talking about the new Force Pack which is the Battle of Hoth pew 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 pew, pew. That, was, that, was, that was pretty awesome and that sounded like Captain <laughs> Kirk in the first new Star Trek movie pew 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 I don't know. Uh, okay, so Battle of Hoth. Lots of r- interesting and terrible sets in this in this one. Um, let's actually start with the probably the worst one out of all of them is Hold the Line. It is a four for two objective, and it comes with a Battle of Hoth, a coordinated strike, and what else does it come with? Come back here, picture and a Hoth. Um, Rear guard. Rear guard. Thank you. I want to. Three of them. Yeah, three of them. That cost three, have two HP and have protect off. So let's talk about this, guys. Would you ever run this objective set ever? Yes. 
Yes. And I would run it quite willingly if Hawthorne Guards cost two. Exactly. Yeah, that's almost the only problem I have with them is that they cost, I think, one more than they should. But the Protecting Hoth is pretty good. It's And Coordinated Strike I really like. I just wish there was more copies because I don't really want to run two copies of Hold the Line. Okay. Yeah, Coordinated Strike has the potential to be really, really good. It's, um, it's good, but like you guys said, the Hoth Rearguard costs three. And he only has 2 HP. Now, in other protecting cards, they've all cost 2 and either had a shield or no shields and just 2 HP. Like, uh, like the well, the other thing, too, about all the other protect units, they've all been vehicle or character. Mm-hmm. This is actually like a type protect. Right. So it's, it protects Hoth, so you can basically build a Hoth deck around these guys and mess with how your opponent would take it take down your yeah. objectives. But, um, these guys are more like the Moisture Farmer from Heads of Darkness that protect Tatooine. Moisture Farmers yeah. suck! I agree, the, the but issue, that's the issue similarity. The biggest issue with them is they don't have objective damage. No. And they cost too much. Mm-hmm. And pure Hoth decks are terrible right now. Yeah, they are. I mean, so... so uh, it, it, if you can look past all of that... <laughs> go ahead, run it! I mean, it's and I like the I, oddly enough I like the objective set. Yeah, I do too. But it's just terrible. But it's I don't know if there's any way to build a deck around it right now. Um, the, the problem is is the lack of resources Hoth decks have, and right now, a three cost unit turn three four or even seven is going to severely hurt you because you're putting out maybe one to two units a turn. And you're kind of going, okay, well, we need to do this, we need to do that. Now, that can kind of combo into Attack Pattern Delta, which we'll get here in a minute. But these don't cost two, so you can't get them out for free. Not to mention, okay, so they have two black unit damage, great. But when would you ever use them on defense? You don't want them to take any damage because you have to have them out to protect the Hoth objectives. Not to mention if Vader's out, Force Choke, and they're gone. Which obviously... Hang on, hang on. which, Which obviously... I mean, a Sith control deck or a Sith core deck is really going to is still very powerful, as we saw in Gen Con, which was an all core set, which was just ridiculously awesome. I, I love that, but I, I just I I think that currently I don't think we're going to see hold the line being used. We might see it being used in worlds, but I like right now I haven't really found anything that can play the deck as well as utilize the Hoth Renegades. And it's kind of like the go, uh, the Ghosts of the Sith, I think that's what it's called, with the... Um, there's two Dark Memories in there, so you get four if you run two of them, which no one wants four Dark Memories. They're so useless. Like, okay, great, you have to put tactics on them, okay? That's semi-good, but it's only... It's just... Having six of these in your deck... I feel it kind of like washes down certain units that you could potentially get over over these guys. Uh, Matt, your point. Yeah, that's why you. Want, I, that's why I said I probably want to run uh, one copy, not run right. copy. Um, but with these guys, like the light side deck, for the most part, is kind of pushed into you know doing the rebel speeder thing, and those Hoth rear guards with the uh, what is it called Hoth survival gear mm-hmm. that's in Hoth operations. 
makes them quite a bit better. Because you're only going to probably run those guys in a pure Hoth deck, so you're going to have three Hoth objectives, so that gives them three more damage capacity right. for free to add the, the survival gear. So, and I mean, you're going to have the survival gear because you've got Hoth operations, which you is are. They speeders. just they they don't have like they don't have enough synergy yeah. to to work with current Hoth decks because current Hoth decks are all vehicle based. And what are you going to take out to run a copy of this? Yeah. So. That's why I'm it's, only running one copy of it. It's a it's a decent objective set. It has potential down the road to maybe find a spot, but without having objective damage mm-hmm. or a resource, I think it kind of no falls the, to the wayside. Yeah. The one problem I have with the whole hoth uh, hoth theme. Hello, I can't seem to talk tonight. Um, is I wonder. Like, we don't know what the next cycle is, and I'm worried that the whole Hoth theme is going to get abandoned for a bit while we move on to Endor or whatever, and then maybe eventually get revisited. So well, that's one issue I have with it, is that how far into the future are these guys, well, you know? I, I mean, currently, it's it's all kind of the it's all kind of synergistic with the Battle of Hoth. We haven't, like, seen, a, like, them trying to leave Hoth, if that makes sense. Maybe we're going to see a yeah. whole a whole other cycle of some sort of I don't know, escape from Hoth, or you know, the the departure well, of Hoth, or, or so, escape from Hoth, the next path. Yeah, right. They're going to end the story, and you know, maybe we'll go to Hopefully. Dagobah or something. Well, Dagobah would be sweet, but I want my damn Ewoks. Like it, Dagobah could be cool though, because it would allow a more Jedi focus, right? Mm-hmm. Sith focus, whereas this cycle has been a bit more. Rebel Navy, so that maybe that's well, something I might consider. Or we could see a tattooing cycle and focus yeah, I more mean, on smugglers and scum, but not that they really need it right now since they just got their deluxe. I mean, the problem with Dagobah, though, is there's really no Sith presence in Dagobah other than Darth Vader. Or, yeah, or, or other uh, other than the illusion of Darth Vader, which was... Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, cool. I mean, yeah, Darkseid doesn't get any cards for the next cycle. Woo! <laughs> no. Um, so, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it'll bounce the game finally. No. Uh, so the next the next kind of set here is going to be attack pattern delta. This is actually um, possibly one of my favorite objective sets in the whole uh, um, force pack. I almost said battle set for some reason uh, in the whole force pack, mainly because I, I like the way it's worded. I like the art, and I actually really like the units in here because it kind of does the whole counterbalancing thing to walkers, which walkers kind of became a little bit more prevalent. Uh, pre- Prevalent, there we go, wow, in, in, in this for, with this force pack. So what this does is you can take an action. It's once per turn, and we did get an official ruling this, uh, from this by Nate French. If you have two of these out on the field, you can use both the actions, but only once per turn per card. So what, what the action does is if you control more Hoth objectives than your opponent, look at the top card of your deck. If it's a vehicle unit with two cost or lower, put it into play. That's huge because essentially, if you have two of these out and you get really lucky, you can put two cards out cards out on the field during your opponent's turn, use it again, and then you can you can essentially, in theory, have four units out before you've even played anything. Now, the only problem with that is is a lot of the time it doesn't work. Um, I, I've also actually been kind of uh, experimenting with this a little bit, and ninety percent of the time I don't get a two cost unit. And I just kind of like, okay, cool, I know what the next card is, which also can help too. But if you have two of them and it doesn't work the first time, you can't use it a second time to look at the second card. So you're, you'll just be looking at the first card again because you're not moving the cards around. 
Uh, do you guys think this objective set plays any merit in the current Haas setup that we have? Yes, because it's it was the final thing that the speeder deck type needed to be to be a thing, and we knew this one was coming because when they initially previewed it, we saw, I think we saw all of Rogue 2 and a good chunk of Rogue Leader. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, well, I know I'd been waiting for this set to come out so we could finally uh, finish off a Hoth speeder deck. So, I mean, I think it's got its place. I, I like this set. I like The objective itself is really cool. I mean, yeah, sometimes it's not going to work, but, you know, it's... If it doesn't work, then so what? Yeah. It doesn't work. I mean, it's, it's just an added bonus if it does. And, I mean, I think everything else in it is great. I really like the fact that they put in, I know it's only just one more copy, but another copy of that, you know, neutral snow speeder. Yeah. I like that back. Another copy of Battle of Hoth, which I think is a great fate card. If nothing else, it's got three force icons. Yeah. And then snow speeder launch bay was a surprise because we never saw that come in. I thought that was really interesting because it's got that built-in thing to, you know, kind of offset the walker deck because mm -hmm. it allows them to what is it after you strike the speeder unit deal one damage to target enemy vehicle unit if the target is a walker unit also plays one focus token on it that's pretty brutal if you happen to be playing against a dark side vehicle deck or especially against a dark side right walker deck so i, I like the entire set it's probably my second favorite set in the entire pack well i mean w with the whole the whole um Rogue Leader and Rogue Two. Uh, Nate, first of all, do you think that this objective set has any merit in the current Hoth, uh, current Hoth setup? Uh, yes. Okay. Beyond what, what's already been said, the fact that the Snowspeeder launch bay is a resource as well. Yes, that's huge. Makes it big because speeder decks are cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, the most expensive unit you're generally going to see in one is Rogue Three, which costs three. Mm -hmm. Everything else costs two or less. So by having an extra resource, it allows you to play extra cards per turn, and it has a rebel resource match. Yeah. So it, it opens up a lot of different possibilities. The only thing that worries me about the objective set and you know the speeder deck theme in general is they're very, very fragile. Yes, they are. Um so that that kind of hurts it, it forces you to run some sort of protect be it um renegade squadron escort or, or something like that mm -hmm. but it's a great objective set and it fits the role that it's needed to perfectly no yeah and i would probably run prep for evac for the speeder or the not the speeders but the the protectors anyway because they can be brought out with attack parent delta too because they're also two yes. or lower so you know I, it gives you more yeah. low cost vehicles yeah i mean i i i think that we will see some different variations of speeder uh speeder decks so far but i know that in octagon playtesting i have not lost to a speeder deck yet mainly because they are so squishy and you know Vader's out on the field, or just really anybody, and I don't really have to win the edge because a lot of them only do one unit damage, and the rest of them are all edge dependent. So, yeah, they'll strike for a damage, but I'll strike for a two, another two damage or another one damage and kill them off anyway. Um, one thing I kind of wanted to address is the Rogue Leader and the Rogue 2 kind of synergistics here. Rogue Leader is a one-for-one -one cost, which is really weird to kind of see a unique unit cost only one resource that, that that's actually very that's something that we haven't seen yet um uh, actually i take the back c3po costs one i my apologies and he does have a d2 costs zero i said one resource you smart ass yeah, it costs even less okay well gosh why do i pay attention to you sometimes i don't know 
Thank you for completely getting me off the center of topic. I appreciate that. So Rogue Leader's effect is while you control Rogue 2, this unit gains a black tactics icon, which is really awesome. Rogue 2 is a, again, unique unit, has two black unit damage, and his ability, this unit gains two, or excuse me, this unit gains, let's reverse that and rewind, play, okay. This unit gains uh, edge-enabled blast icons for each speeder unit you control. So essentially... It's attacking speeder unit you control. Thank you. So they have to be attacking with them. Thank you. So basically, this allows you to kind of go, okay, I'm going to attack with him and four speeders, and he does four damage, plus all these speeders. Have fun. Now, again, the only problem is, is he does have two HP, so you're kind of having to win that edge battle, because most dark side decks are going to run a lot of smaller units that generally have a two-unit blast damage if they win the edge battle. Um... My question to you guys is, do you think this set would have been better if it just came with three neutral snowspeeders instead of the Rogue 2 and the Rogue 3? Or Rogue Leader and Rogue uh, Rogue 3? Or Rogue 2, excuse me? No. I would have liked to have seen more neutral snowspeeders than we did because I think we only saw two in two different sets. Yeah. So that's, you know, maximum of four. So it would have been nice to have seen a few more of those. Um, I was really hoping they were going to be in hold the line. Mm-hmm. But we end up getting the hot rear guards instead. Like if if hold the line had three neutral snow speeders, that set would be you know just yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, Nate, thoughts on that? Um, I I like what they put in there. I wish that the the unique units either had more health mm-hmm. or more utility, mainly from Rogue Leader. Rogue Leader is a it's a weird unit. You know, the fact that it's kind of terrible without Rogue 2 yeah. is just kind of like, eh, for being the leader of Rogue Squadron, this guy can't fly a snowspeeder worth anything. Well, for some reason, that um, seems to be like the <laughs> pinnacle of light side. Hey, it's Yoda. He's terrible. I mean, it's just like, or, or like Obi-Wan Kenobi costs five, but he's just, he's kind of a mediocre unit um, unless you can actually get him to do anything. Han Solo, you know, obviously an iconic character. Lando Calrissian, an iconic character, and they both only have two HP. Um, so overall, though, it's it's a good set. It helps the speeder deck, and you know, there's not much more you can say. A lot of the issues that I have, kind of with you know the Battle of Hoth um, pack, and probably I will have as well with the Escape from Hoth pack is. They should have been out before Edge of Darkness. I agree. If they would have come out before Edge of Darkness, it would have been a a huge deal to have a speeder deck that actually works. Mm-hmm. But after Edge of Darkness, it's kind of like it's okay. But well, I mean, it... I I think kind of to counterpoint that Edge of Darkness didn't really change everything all that much. I mean, if if we take a look at the consistency of how certain light side decks work. You didn't really need Edge of Darkness. You, you didn't really need, you know, the Slew Scout superpower, which really isn't that powerful. You didn't need the Falcon, which is very easily play around uh, to be played around. You didn't need. I mean, Chewie, I think, is really kind of that I one of the iconic units in Edge of Darkness that really kind of changes things on the battlefield because you're just like, I'm gonna attack with Chewie, and your opponent's kind of going, Well, I don't really want to not. Uh, not defend because that blows up the objective. But if I do, he has three HP. I only do two damage, and then I have to deal with four damage coming back at me. So I'll let that go through, or some something something to that extent. There, 
I mean, yeah, and and it's not like I'm saying that necessarily the Edge of Darkness changed everything in the environment that much. It's just that it kind of plays yeah. down no, some of the new stuff where it's like it, it almost takes a little bit of the shine off of it because you're like, if this had come out two months earlier, speeder decks would be something that everybody is excited about talking about and on top of. Now it's just kind of like it's a speeder deck. We, we've seen speeder decks. They get a little bit better, but yeah. they're still not going to make me stop playing what I'm already playing. No, I, I would definitely agree. I definitely agree. Um, okay, so kind of in line with that, do, do you guys think that once the last Force Pack comes out, do you think that that might play a bigger, crucial crucial role into how these objective sets are actually going to play out? Or do you think that speeder decks will just kind of be on that kind of mid-tier kind of line point where – yeah, they work when they work, but they still require way too much setup and kind of luck of the draw type of deal. Uh, Nate, uh, go ahead with your thoughts first. Uh, it depends. We really haven't seen anything about Escape from Hoth yet. Um, I think there might be one or two cards out there that we know about. I'm not exactly sure. Right. And look, but for all we know, uh, Escape from Hoth drops and it is the best force pack ever and completely <laughs> changes everything and is the key to making, you know, nine decks viable. Right. You know, for that could be what changes things and what ties together. Which I would be okay know, with. A lot of that. I would be amazed by that and it would be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to come out and it's going to be like, okay, it, it lets you tweak a few things here or there mm-hmm. and, and make decks better i don't think it's going to have a huge impact which i don't think it should just being a force pack but i can always hope yeah i can hope that all of a sudden you know an all neutral light side deck is just amazing because of something that comes out of this you know? <laughs> yeah because cur- who knows currently an all neutral light side deck is bloody terrible <laughs> yeah who knows it, it could just blow our minds away and be one of the best things out there but i don't know i don't need to talk about that anymore okay i'm just talking in circles no no you're <laughs> fine you're fine okay so the next set on the list of talkings about is undercover dealings this is a standard five for one it is a just a smuggler objective nothing special no cool uh traits but it does have a reaction after your opponent refreshes Draw to your reserve value if you control uh, fewer units than your opponent. Now, in theory, this sounds awesome, but it doesn't make a lot of sense because generally the light side is going to be on the heavy offensive, so you're not going to have a lot of units to, to be defending. And if it – okay, great. You, you draw to your reserve value, but then you have to think, okay, do I want to use these in the edge battle to give myself some sort of advantage so he doesn't deal damage to this defending unit, or do I want to save these and actually plays on the offense? I think it's kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, Matt? I'm not particularly a fan of this objective set. I do like a couple of the cards. Like I do like uh, Narrow Escape, and I kind of like the Holdout Blaster, but I don't really see me making room in a deck for just for this set. Okay, Nate. Um yeah, kind of the same thing that that, that Matt says. Um it has some uses, it has some things that could be good. Um 
the the actual reaction it would probably play in in most games because usually the dark side will have out more units um there's a few a few builds of of light side decks that that wouldn't be the case in but most of them are vehicle based and this objective set wouldn't fit into those at all right um I actually really like the shadow operatives. No, yeah, I, that's, um, that's an actually I want to talk about. So uh, I, go ahead and yeah. go ahead and explain those. So they're they're a one cost unit with one health and edge dependent blast damage that have the action after return this unit to your hand. If it was a reaction, it would be spectacular because it would make it immune to force chokes. So like reaction after this unit takes a damage. Return to your hand type of thing. Or just reaction, return this unit to hand. Right. Could work. Because anytime your opponent does something, you can react by mm-hmm. bouncing it. Um, as an action, it's not bad because you can strike with it. Your opponent wins the edge battle. You bounce it to hand. You use it kind of like a, a Tusken Raider yeah. or a, a Jawa Scavenger. Um, it's not a bad card. It just is a very limited card. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And the fact that there's two of them means that, as a kind of middle of the road, meh type card, y- you're flooding your deck with a lot of them. Um, it has it has some shenanigans that can be played with it yeah. that, that that I like. But as an action, I think it limits it. If it was like a reaction or or some kind of thing where you could use it in response to what your opponent does. It has some potential, but okay. I don't. I don't see myself running it for the shadow operatives. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much like you said, force choke kind of makes them obsolete. Uh, Nate, any other comments on the shadow operative? Or um, excuse me, Matt. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you're using this set, obviously they're going to be one you want to use to help you trigger the undercover dealings, and I mean, it's also got tactical retreat to also help you do that. They do have one blast damage, which is good, but really the only reason I would ever run this card was for narrow escape, or this not this card, run this set is for narrow escape, because I would love to do that sometime when somebody plays like, you know, super laser blast on me or something, just to see the look on my opponent's face. Yeah. Or watch or watch Emperor Palpatine force lightning himself. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be cool too. <laughs> Never thought of that one. Yeah, that would be interesting. Now uh, so the, the rest of these is going to be a uh, holdout blaster, uh, narrow escape, and then we also have tactical retreat. So holdout blaster is an enhancement. It costs one, has two force icons. Um, you enhance a smuggler and spies character unit. Cannot be a vehicle. Cannot. It has to be a character. While while you control fewer units than your opponent, double enhance units combat icons. That's huge. That is a very big deal. I mean, put this on Han, bam, he has four damage for targeted strike, two tactics icons, and two uh, edge-enabled blaster, uh, blast icons. And He also has a giant target painted on his head that says, destroy this unit immediately. Yeah, yeah. And Which, you could play Han's heavy blaster on him and then play this to give him even more icons. But again, he's going to have a huge target. Yeah, and you know, it's just, it's it's that thing where, okay, great, you're going to put it on somebody, but that instantly goes, I need to kill that unit. So, they're going to do everything they can to kill that unit. And, uh, now, I, I do like that uh, Fantasy Flight is kind of 
understanding that nine times out of ten, you're going to have fewer units on the field than your opponent is as a light side player. That's generally the way it goes. But because smugglers and spies can do so many different shenanigans, I think that we're going to see some really interesting kind of ways that the smugglers and spies can actually do things. Now, will it work? Eh, I don't know. It might, but uh, we'll see because a, lo a lot of the units are very, very low cost, what we're seeing. And uh, that's kind of a theme with the light side is a lot of units are very low cost. They're starting to give us cards and objective sets that allow us to kind of really pump out the cards. And uh, they have uh, – the Edge of Darkness gave us their first card search uh, card, which was weapon uh, cache, uh, cache, excuse me. And they basically – it allows you to search your card for a weapon enhancement and put it in your hand, which is kind of a big deal. Um, I – I don't know. I, I think time will tell, but currently I'm, I haven't seen any decks that I like that use this objective set. Uh, next is going to be Narrow Escape, like uh, Matt, Matt was talking about, and this is a uh, two-cost uh, event card, two Force Icons. When your opponent chooses a single target for a non-capturing card effect, choose a new tar target for that effect. The new target is chosen as if you executed the effect. So, again, uh, ta uh, Palpatine obviously has attacked. He puts a focus icon on, say, Han Solo or Chewie, and he's like, I'm going to Force Lightning, and you're like, nope, I'm going to play Narrow Escape and Force Lightning Palpatine. And he just kind of looks at you and go, oh, so that happened. Now, also, a key word, kind of some key phrases in this card is the new target chosen is uh, – happens is if you executed the effect yourself so that so that means that if he plays a force choke he can't use vader's reaction because you played it yep so and it can be used to interrupt any card effect so it can be used mm -hmm. to interrupt um say palpatine's reaction ability yep um now well oh well, actually no Technically, it can. Well, it, it can, but the effect just wouldn't go off. It wouldn't go off, which could potentially work. Yeah. Because it basically is like, no, I don't want you to do that. Um, it can also target um, objective triggers. Mm -hmm. And Looking at you, Shadows of Narshida. Looking at you. Yes. Um, it, it has uses, and it's a good card. And... It comes in a terrible objective set, it does. and it costs two. Uh, the, the two cost doesn't really bug me because most it, most events on the light side cost two, so I, I, I'm really okay with that. There's a lot of uses for it. They're just limited by the objective set that the card comes yeah. in. Um, if we ever see narrow escape printed in other objectives, it could it could see play and could cause some craziness to happen um there's going to be so many uh judges and tos pulling their hair out trying to figure <laughs> out whether or not the narrow escape effect takes place and how exactly it takes place well, because there's so many there's so many chances you have to play it well it, it's it's a single non-capturing card effect so based on that text it's any card it's it's any card on on any Action, reaction, interrupt, anything. It's it's an effect. So I, I well, I mean, you know, it, it's financing fight that they can rule. 
they've had some really weird rulings in the past, so that's fine. But I think that I, I think that we we are going to see that this card is probably going to cause a lot of problems. But I think it's going to be awesome if it's printed in other objective sets. Uh, Matt, uh, did you have any other comments about this card? Not really. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, next is Tactical Retreat. It's a one-cost uh, event card, uh, one force icon. Return, uh, return. What the hell is return? Return any number of units you control to their owner's hand. Now, this is weird because the wording doesn't make any sense. Return any number of units you control to their owner's hand. Does this mean capture cards? Because no, it it mean like if there's. The way it's worded is to potentially uh, forestop any issues in the future where there might be a way that you can uh, take control of your opponent's characters for some reason. That's true. That way you don't put their characters into your hand. Oh, Jedi Mind Control. You heard yeah. you, There's you also heard a Smuggler's card yes. that lets them capture an enhancement. I'm trying to remember yeah, but, but it's though. number of units, so it doesn't really Yeah, but okay. it, it's to forestall things like that. Right. Um, for this card itself, though, again, if it was an interrupt or a reaction, fantastic card. Yep. As an action, mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. No, I, because I like as much as I like the action windows and how FFG has things set up, there's not a lot of that back and forth type play, mm-hmm. and 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 tactical retreat being an interrupt or a reaction would give you that ability to protect your own characters from things. And, you know, if if those few minor things that that I mentioned about this objective set have been changed, great objective set. Yep. But as it stands, it's kind of just mediocre. You know, there's a few decent things, but, you know, I keep harping on it. Every force pack, it seems like, you know, there's so many action cards Mm -hmm. that if they were interrupts or reactions would make them infinitely better and would make them useful and it's like i hope that you know ffg realizes that as actions some of these cards are not very good right but by changing it from an action to a reaction or interrupt it makes it a very useful card no i would definitely agree with that definitely agree with that um okay so let's actually move on to the sith portions of the battle of hoth force pack and these two kind of stirred up a lot on the boards actually and um kind of gave a lot of really cool new variation for deck openings and deck ideas that a lot of people had of course tack pattern delta did that as well but i think these two kind of stirred up the controversy a little bit more there's actually a thread on for for just specifically vader's fist and uh with vader's fist i think that it has potential, but I don't think it's quite there yet. But then again, we haven't seen different styles of the quote-unquote trooper decks that actually work because they still require that orbital bombardment, that uh, Lord, Lord Vader from Lord Vader's Command to be out on the field to get that objective damage. So, what? Okay, yes, technically there's only one Sith and one Navy. Be quiet, okay? It's... It's dark side. They're both evil. What do you want from me? Jeez. Who says they're evil? 
They're just misunderstood. <laughs> they're, just, they're just misunderstood. Vader just really wants to share dark side cookies with everybody. That's it. Okay, we'll just go with that. Wow. Stop. Mm, okay, that's the cookies. Yeah, cookies. That's the okay. that's the second time so, you guys have. Anyway, Vader's Vader's yes, objective. thank you. Jeez, man, stop. Stop it. <laughs> I, I, You're the one continuing that. Squirrel. Okay. Anyway, okay. So Vader's fist. This is a five for one. And while this objective is undamaged, reduce your opponent's reserve value by one. Uh, this is each opponent's reserve value by one, which makes this really good for upcoming multiplayer. Yeah. Also, it's a really dick move. <laughs> it's like yes. I'm gonna turn over two of these, and they just kind of look at you and go, "Oh, I only have four cards." Well, that sucks. And potentially they only have five cards next turn, which is just kind of a big middle finger. Now, this objective set in itself, I think right off the bat, is very, very strong. It is obviously a standard five for one, and it has a great undamaged uh, action, which I think is awesome. Um, the next the, – the actual troopers themselves are actually quite good. I know a couple people were complaining that the uh, there was no helmet. For some reason, I'm not sure why people were upset about that, but I don't, I don't really find that uh, much of a big deal. The first one is 51st Legion, which I think... F 500. 501st. Thank you. Appreciate that. 501st Legion, which uh, I think is a beautiful card. The The art is really fantastic. I like the kind of the shiny-esque, where it kind of gives that off that glow. Um, I, I love when artists do that kind of a, a personal out there, but, uh, it costs four, has four HP and has four unit damage, all black. That's ridiculous. I, I, I mean, good card. I mean, it's, it's just, just a good card. So uh, like any thoughts on this? I mean, I think we can all, we can all agree that it's just a good yeah, card. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing because, card. Yeah, okay. And give it yeah. one of the many boosts to troopers like uh, Veers or the, the Navy Vader or something. It just gets bigger and bigger. Like, it's it's a great card. It's especially a good card to put in front of, say, a Chewbacca or a Millennium Falcon. And Falcon. So it's like, oh, you you can kill that if you win the edge battle. And I can't because it has four health. It's a really good card. Um, it's susceptible to Slew Scout and to Blockade Runner. But I don't care because it's a pretty good card. No, I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's it's just like, okay, well, the Falcon's going to attack. It's like, okay, let me just defend with that. And it's just like, I don't care if I win the edge battle because I'm going to kill the Falcon regardless. I have four HP unless they have a heat of battle, which would really suck. So... The next uh, unit is the 501st Trooper, which looks oddly enough like Django Fett, people are saying. It's supposed it to because the call. 501st were the only true stormtroopers left, and that's why Vader kept them. Okay. I mean, he doesn't really look like Django Fett in the picture, but that's just... But, uh, yeah, I think it's surprisingly well done, Art. Well, I mean, I'm not a big Soros lore nerd, so I guess that's why everyone's going, oh my gosh, this is so cool, it means something. I'm just like, it's a cool picture. He has his helmet off. Awesome. He has uh, two for two, which pretty standard, really. Um, obviously, he's uh, prone to swindled and rebel assault, but if they want to use rebel assault on this unit, that's fine by me. And he gains a black blast damage while attacking a Hoth objective. So another kind of counter to the so-called speeder Hoth deck that the Rebels currently have. So that's good. Um, he does a black unit damage and a edge-enabled blast damage as well. 
So again, I think we can both agree pretty pretty decent card. Any thoughts on making the card better or making the not really making the card better? I like it where it's at. It's it's a better Kawadi security team. Yeah, I think it's a great card. I mean, good cost, good stats. Uh, yeah. Nice art. Now, I, I mean, there's nothing that said I don't like. Now, my only thing is, yeah, it's a good quality security team, but it it's not neutral, so it does cost a Sith resource. Now, that, that can be... Most decks that are going to run this objective set are going to be either... Mainly It works in Sith control. Yeah. It also works well in a trooper-based deck, um, which is going to run Imperials and Sith. So it fits where it's supposed to. And I, I actually like that it's it's Sith affiliation. If it wasn't, I think it would potentially be a three-cost unit. But by forcing you to, to uh, resource match, they can cost it at two. Yeah. No. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good points. Good points. Okay. So the next one is the E-Web Heavy Repeating Blaster, which is the longest name in – I think that's the longest name we have in any cards at the moment, I think. Because it almost takes up the entire top of the card. If any of my listeners can uh, correct me on that, that would be great. I think that is the longest name of any card that we have out right now. Fun fact. It is a one-cost enhancement. Focus this enhancement to target a trooper unit, gain a blast damage until the end of the phase. Now, my only problem with this is you can only do one trooper, and I think if this was all troopers on the field, that probably would be overpowered as hell. But I think maybe it should be able to target maybe two troopers instead of one because it, like, I don't know. It just seems kind of like a, oh, kind of like that ramp up to crash card. Uh, Matt, thoughts on that? Yeah, I like the card the way it is. I think it's fairly costed for what it does. If it added more blast, it would definitely have a much increased cost. Nate? Um. So I have an issue with this card based on knowing what it actually is in the Star Wars universe. It's an anti-personnel weapon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Giving it objective damage makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. If it was like the um, the Rebel version that I yeah. cannot think of the name the, of uh, right now. Heavy Blaster Emplacement. Yes. If it was like that, it would be amazing. And even if it was, you know, focus this to have your opponent deal one objective damage, I'd be cool with that, even if it potentially costs two. Um, okay, well, but in, in kind of playing devil's advocate there, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. I mean, you can, true. I, I mean, it's like, <laughs> hey, R2-D2 just killed um, uh, the Devastator or something, you know, like it, like you, you, yeah. you can do that. So, I mean, it, it fits well. Um, since everything in the objective set is troopers yep. and it, it, it actually is a key uh, component to a good trooper deck mm -hmm. because it adds that extra blast damage, which trooper decks have been lacking. It just like, like Matt said, and like you said, it seems off yeah. just a little bit. And it's like, I, I don't know if that's, because we're going to see things down the road that allow um, Dark Side to remove focus from enhancements and make it better, so that you're just like it actually is a repeating blaster because right. it repeats. Oh, that was stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> puns. As it, 
Yeah, as it stands, it's good. You're going to probably play it when you get it um, or, or dump it in an edge battle. It's not the best card in the objective set. It's not the second best card in the objective set. It's not the third. But it's the worst card in the objective set. Yeah. And when that's the case, you got a pretty good objective set. Mm-hmm. So as disappointed as I am that it's not better, I, I can't really be that upset because the rest of the objective is pretty good. No, I, I would definitely agree. I mean, the entire objective set itself is actually pretty decent, if not fantastic. It comes with the Battle of Hoth as well. So putting this, in, heck, even putting this in a Hoth deck for the dark side might actually be pretty relevant. I mean, uh, obviously Battle of Hoth is becoming a little bit more and more useful now. Um, I have noticed this. We, I mean, uh, Nate actually played a game earlier where I was actually able to win the game because I had a Battle of Hoth, and I was able to kill one objective with my TIE Fighter and play a Battle of Hoth in the, in the engagement and kill the other objective, which uh, bounced a couple units to my hand still, but that still got the dial to 13. So I think that to to kind of meta play, uh, if, if those are the, the correct terminology there, to to add more Battles of Hoth and add more of those kind of weird, quirky things that you can do to the dark side to maybe counteract the speeder decks of uh, of the light side, I think that that might work. But then again, you're kind of making a meta call. If your opponent is not playing any Hoth objectives, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> I mean, you can heal your own Hoth objectives with Battle of Hoth, obviously, but the, the, the whole meta call for... Hoth deck versus Hoth deck is really kind of situational and saying, okay, what's going to actually be played at this tournament? What's going to be played at Worlds? What's going to be played at my local meta? So, I mean, it's it's kind of all kind of up in the air at the moment. Um, any final thoughts on that objective set? No? Okay, excellent. Uh, moving on to the last one is Unstoppable Advance, which is probably some of the coolest objective art that we ha- we've had in a while. My thoughts exactly. Next to um, what was the other one? Uh, Search for Han Solo, which is um, my previous favorite art for the Star Wars LCG card game. This one is now my favorite because it's it's a obviously a rebel uh, snow trooper looking through his little binoculars, and they're probably not called binoculars. I'm probably sure someone's gonna crucify me for that one, but they're macro binoculars. Whatever. And I'm pretty sure this actually happens in the it does. It does. Empire Strikes Back, and you actually see a scene like this. Yep. To, so to see it drawn out like this uh-huh. is impressive. Yep. Feat. It's in Emperor Strikes Back. It's um, the guy comes up, he's looking at it, and then he goes to the little com link and's like, "Okay, you know, blah 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 blah." And um, I can't believe I remember that. So this is just a standard two for five, which is another good kind of uh, how do you want to say? Resource generator. Objective. Now, the only thing that's uh, a little bit different is this is the second Navy set that is naval affiliation only. The first one was Tarkin, and this is the second one now. So to run this, remember you have to have that Navy affiliation, and if you don't, you're running an illegal deck, and you can be disqualified. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, the first card I actually want to go over is Orbital Supply Station. This card is really, really good in a vehicle deck. It's not unique, and the effects stack. What this does is it's a one-cost Navy enhancement, and it reduces the cost of each Navy vehicle unit 
with the printed cost of four or higher by one. So you get two of these out in the field, and bam, everything costs two less. So that means the Devastator only costs four, which is huge. I mean, going, oh, I only have four resources. Devastator. And it's just like, that's a big deal. I, I think that this alone really kind of makes the really more expensive units like those ATSTs just that much cheaper. I mean, if you have two of these out in the field, you can play the new um, ADATs for two. You can play the new uh, the old ATSTs from Endor Gambit for – actually, no, it doesn't work on them because they only cost three. My, my apologies. Um, Devastator obviously uh, helps. This helps in a capital ship deck as well, and I think there's a lot of really good possibilities for this card. Um, Matt, thoughts on this card? Love it. Um, I mean, people know that I've been waiting for the walkers to come, so this entire set did not disappoint me at all. And the fact that this card is in here, I was really hoping for like just a resource, you know, like a, a neutral enhancement or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is so much better than you know even a one generating resource because this you can use this multiple times per turn, really. Yeah. You know what? I, I think that if it had a resource, it'd be almost a little broken, in my opinion. And if it did, it'd probably cost two instead of one. So, uh, Nate, thoughts on the card? I like it. It's really good. It, um, okay. Especially with what comes in the objective itself. And the fact that um, its printed cost and reduces that means that even if the unit costs four, and you have two of these out, now a four-cost unit costs two, mm -hmm. and you, since it doesn't modify the actual cost. Yep, and you can use so. Quadi Security Team to... Uh, yep. Or not Quadi... Why do they keep calling it that? Quadi Reinforcements. Quadi Reinforcements to lower the card effect even lower, so that's really cool. And apparently I'm not allowed to say at at ever again, according to Nate, so... No, they're ATATs. at at <laughs> ATAT. Uh, well, that's okay. Anyway, so... Uh, You're off the podcast. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Good luck doing all the stuff that I do. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, now we have the uh, ADAT Assault Formation. <laughs> I had to. And uh, this is a six-cost unit, two Force Icons, three Black Blaster, and three uh, – excuse me, three Black Blast, and one Black Blaster. Has shielding, and it has an interrupt. When this unit is focused to strike, deal one damage to each enemy Hoth objective. Again, kind of playing on that meta call there, which, which we talked about earlier. I love this unit because it's pretty much the Devastator, but better, in my personal opinion. Uh, Nate, thoughts on the card? Um, if it's attacking Hoth objectives, it's a 10 out of 10. If it's not attacking Hoth objectives, it's a 7 out of 10. It's a good card. Yeah, I mean... I, I like this card. Yeah, it, um, the shielding alone just is, just makes it that much more impressive. It, it's, it's odd, the cost of the unit... Um, I basically was comparing this to home one, mm -hmm. um, the, the, uh, damage, um, that they do is about the same. Um, I think, I think home ones is two and two. Yep. Two and two. Um, so you get an extra objective damage with this and lose the unit damage and you gain shielding, lose elite and gain a health. Yeah. And lose the ability to have your um, extra damage trigger happen on every objective. Mm -hmm. And it costs one more. It seems like it should cost five for some reason to me. Well, I think that would be too cheap. It would. It, I, I really so, think it would. Mainly because it's not unique. I think if it was unique, it might have been a five-cost unit. Yeah, probably. Um, 
it's it's a good dark side version of home one mm-hmm. is basically what it turns into um and it gets better the more hoth objectives your opponent's running nope, um i agree it's a good unit it, it has potential and you know a lot of what the the imperial decks are going to build around is going to potentially be around either walkers or troopers and walkers are looking pretty fearsome right now and i know matt's happy because of that <laughs> so very much so uh, matt thoughts on the uh, atat assault formation did i say it right guys yes you did okay. i like this unit quite a bit um and it was a nice surprise because we had no clue that this was coming i was kind of wondering if we were going to see some sort of i was thinking we see like a unique atat you know maybe like veer's walker or something like that mm-hmm. but this is better i think um my only issue with the card is its interrupt only works on enemy hoth objectives and i think over time as the game expands we're going to see less and less hoth so there is times where it's not going to be able to be used to its maximum effect but saying that it still has three black blast damage and shielding so i mean oh no yeah it's still an amazing unit yeah you know i think kind of counterpoint to that is Obviously, we're going to see decks uh, kind of come up to fruition and then slowly fade away. So I think that as different cycles kind of cycle in and out, I think we're going to see Hoth become really popular. Then we're going to see Tatooine, Endor, blah, blah, blah. Whatever cycles are going to actually be in the the game itself, we're not going to always see, yeah, Hoth is going to be the meta or Dagobah is going to be the meta or whatever. So I think that to say that, is just kind of yeah okay yeah that, that's kind of an an obvious point but like you said oh no it has three black black uh, objective damage like it's such a bad card no it's not it's a great card and for six plus the um, orbital uh, station is just ridiculous so I think that this set will probably still be used for many 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 months to come and probably be even more viable possibly in multiplayer. I mean, uh, now that Battle, uh, Balance of the Force uh, has been actually announced, I think we're going to have to start looking at objective sets a little bit more kind of down the road for the multiplayer stuff because that really kind of changes things too as, as well in, in multiplayer. Yeah, especially if you know you happen to be playing the two versus two and you've got this card and your opponents for whatever reason both have Hoth decks. Yeah. Ouch. That's a lot, That's a lot of, damage. of extra damage. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. All right, so the next card is the AT-AT, which very kind of iconic art with the explosion happening over the AT-AT with the snowspeeder flying over. Very kind of iconic Star Wars art there. I mean, you, 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 any person that's you know semi-remotely been growing up with a nerdy parent or just you know been paying attention to the news or, or something has probably seen this art somewhere. I mean, it's a very iconic scene from the movie so this unit again is just phenomenal it is affected by the orbital uh, supply station so it can potentially only cost two it has a shielding it has three hp and it has two unit damage and two edge enables objective damage and it has a reaction after this unit is focused to strike instead of resolving its combat icons discard a target non-limited enhancement from play that's big now you can still use the combat icons if you want to, but in all honesty, if there's something out like Echo Caverns or um, Command Center, or Fleet Command Center, I think is the yeah Fleet Command Center with the, the three generating resources and the shield, or a um, 
trust your feelings, a lightsaber, any of those things can be affected by this and completely get removed from the game, which is huge. Uh, Matt? I'm just thinking how much I wish that this had been out um, when Old Ben's spirit was big. Yeah. Because you could have just been like, my AT-AT is going to kill spirit. Yes. <laughs> which would have been fun. Uh, no, I would definitely agree. Matt, thoughts on the card? It's a great card. I mean, it's one of the ones that we saw in the initial previews, so it's kind of one we knew was coming. I like that we got two copies, um, so that's really good. It's a great card. It's got, I mean, it's got two black unit damage. I mean, that alone is a pretty good thing because, you know, you can quite often kill a light side unit just with that. Mm-hmm. It's got three It's got three damage capacity and shielding. I mean, it's hard to say anything bad about it, and its reaction is just, you know, gravy. You heard it first. Matt thinks the reaction is gravy. Okay, that's actually a saying up here, you know. Well, well, you know what? You guys are weird, so that's that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Nate, thoughts on the card? It's a good card. I like the card. Um, I, I like that it's non-limited mm-hmm. um, enhancements, just so that you can't necessarily screw your opponent's resources yeah. over. Um, so so that's good. Uh, the fact that you can pick off a lot of annoying enhancements is is nice too. You can get rid of um, echo caverns. You can get rid of wedge. You well, can get with now. Now, I was actually going to ask that because wedge is technically yes, he's considered an enhancement. He's an enhancement. Well, he's, yes, he's technically you can't not. if he's if he's deployed as a unit, you couldn't target him. If he's deployed as an enhancement, you can. Okay. It also um, works against the uh, the snow speeder bay. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of a lot of uses. A lot of uses. A lot of uses for it. Um, it's a solid unit. Uh, that it's um, uh, objective damage is edge dependent. Kind of could hurt it from time to time, um, just because most navy decks aren't generally winning all the edge battles. Mm-hmm. But that's just a little piddly point. Because it's a, it's a solid unit yeah. in a solid objective set. No, I, I definitely... Yeah, and if if nothing else, if you do lose that edge battle, so you're not going to do any blast, I mean, you might be more inclined to use its reaction if there's something you can hit with it. So I, I think it's still really good. What's interesting with this set is that, you know, if light side down the road again gets some sort of, you know, a, a really prevalent enhancement, you know, something similar like Echo Caverns and Old Ben Spear and stuff like that, people might go back to this set and say, I need the walkers to, you know, take out enhancement whatever that's really annoying right now right right so, so this one could get better in the future no i agree i agree uh the last card in the, this objective set i think is ridiculously powerful it is a neutral event card two force icons two cost you can only play this if you control at least one hoth objective it's not hey if you control more than your opponent it's just if you control a hoth objective awesome action deal damage to each enemy objective yeah that's ridiculous I'm not really sure what else to say. That's just a ridiculous card. Guys? Uh, it's amazing. Great flavor text. What is the flavor text? Target. Maximum firepower. General views. Ah, all right. I actually lost a game <laughs> to this card um, a couple days ago. My, my opponent put four damage on all of my objectives. And it was just like, the dot, nah, nah. The, and he was just like, uh, aggressive assault uh, at the start of your draw phase. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's On so to the mean. next game. I mean. Yeah, I was like, oh, you didn't play that in your turn? He's like, no, I want to let you draw. <laughs> Much more dramatic if you wait. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so overall force pack rating, I think I'm going to give this one a probably 7 out of 10. Uh, Nate, what is your what is your overall scoring there? Uh, for, for the dark side objective? No, no, j- no, no j- j- just... Well, just... Let me, I'm going to add these together. You just wait. Okay! Calm down. For the dark side, dark side, I would say is probably about an 8 out of 10. The light side is probably about a 4 out of 10. So that averages to a six out of ten. Okay. I, I'd give I. If the light side had one good objective set, out of the pack, I I would be inclined to give the pack a very favorable rating, but since it just favors the dark side, I'm kind of like, eh. Fair enough, uh, Matt. Uh, I'll give it a seven out of ten. I would have rated it higher but light side didn't get very much good stuff other than i do like that they finally got the last piece they need to build a speeder deck mm-hmm. which may not be tournament caliber but you know what it could be fun and you know that's why we play the game is to have fun really uh, i agree i personally agree yep definitely agree all right awesome so uh we're gonna end the show it has been kind of a uh, a long one due to do the interview and uh talking about the force back so uh appreciate you guys sticking with it um we're gonna go to shout outs and we're gonna do closing statements uh matt shout outs my shout-out will go out to the people within the World of Warcraft card game community who recently lost their game because the license was, for whatever reason, uh, taken back by its parent company, Blizzard. So I know quite a few people from that, from playing. So I encourage everyone out in listener land, if you are a World of Warcraft card game player or you were or something, you might want to reach out to some of your friends who play or used to play because they might be looking for something new to fill their time. So it could be a good way to recruit them to either Star Wars or perhaps even a different FFG LCG. I know from reading the official forums, there's a lot of people right now looking for a new game and some people such as Sean Bat, who's the host of a, or was the host of a World of Warcraft card game, uh, podcast has recently joined our podcast Facebook page and him and I were chatting on Facebook and stuff about it and he's already been playing Star Wars and Netrunner so you know. That's cool. I encourage everybody to reach out to you know, our friends within the WoW community who've recently lost their game and you know say hey you know FFG's got a lot of games I know you might be a little shy about you know investing in another one because you just you know lost so to speak a lot of money from that so you know they might be looking for something new reach out to them and you know maybe it could be a good way to recruit a few new players cool excellent uh nate go um i'd like to give a shout out to uh my last opponent in the uh octagon tournament uh it was naku who i know you played Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago in the tournament um we had a very very good game and it was ridiculously close it should not have been as close as it was <laughs> both of us were on the edge of our seats the whole game and it was just like oh it's the most mind-blowing match i've had in a long time awesome. we had a really good time um i'd also like to give a shout out to um a, a, a guy that i played um on octagon the other day uh i think his forum name is Aegon targaryen yep um, he actually just won the regional over in Germany. Oh, congrats, buddy! This past weekend, so congratulations to him. Um, we were talking for about an hour um, the other day, and he mentioned that he was going to a regional, and so he ended up winning it. So congratulations to him. And um, I'd like to give a shout out to to Drew as my last shout out. Yeah. To again, just 
thank him for the community that, that he's fostered and built up here at Card Game DB. Um, you know, without him, a lot of what we do on the podcast and what I do as a writer for the website and just a lot of what this community has grown into wouldn't be possible. So, you know, I sound like a broken record, but thank you very much for all that you've done, Drew. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely like to kind of extend the shout out to Drew as well. And, um, dude, seriously, uh, you, I, I really kind of, you and my buddy Shriggs were, were pretty much the reason for me getting back into uh, card games because, like, like Drew, I was just kind of like, I don't really care about card games anymore because it was just, you know, a lot of it was pay to win. A lot of it was whoever spent the most money and got all the, the best cards kind of won. And it's something that an LCG uh, an LCG is just awesome. I mean, uh, another also a shout-out to Fantasy Flight for just being – um, willing to create something that has really kind of been created more and more than a lot of other franchises have. I mean, Star Wars has had a number of card games that have really kind of done really, really poorly, and um, at least with balance and just kind of how how things work. But um, Fantasy Flight, I think, is really kind of one of the first companies to really kind of understand how the Star Wars franchise works. So big shout out to them. Big shout out to Drew Man. Congratulations to the merger. And uh, I really hope that uh, you are blessed with uh, all your efforts that you uh, continue to do. And um, anyway, guys, um, that is the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, guys, may the force be with you and God bless. Also, there might not be a show next week because um, probably going to have the baby. So keep that in mind. And uh, it'll all depend on if me and the wife are st- still have our sanity. So uh, yeah. Other than that, guys, take care, guys. God bless. May the force be with you.